Welcome to Alchemy, the home of the open mind. We exist thanks to your kind donations. So if you have donated in the recent past, thank you very much. It's hugely appreciated. You'll find the various links on the website. And just to let you know, as well as our Facebook and Twitter page, we've recently started an Instagram page as well. So if you want to follow there, it's Instagram.com forward slash underscore Alchemy Radio. So then on to the show. Alchemy, 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 Alchemy. I'm very pleased to welcome back to Alchemy the guest who, believe it or not, has made most appearances on the show to date, David Icke. How are you, David? I'm good, mate. How are you feeling about what's going on all around us? Well, from my point of view, um, it's not surprising what's going on. Um, The means at which it came about um, so fast because of this fake pandemic, um, okay, that was something you might not expect it to happen so fast. But what is actually happening, of course, it's been in my books for the best part of 30 years. This is this is not some some random event that we're experiencing. This is the result of a long-term uh, plan of stepping stones towards this end. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not at a point people need to appreciate where we are where it was meant to uh, to get, we are only at another more advanced stage thanks to the last few weeks. Uh, this society that they've been manipulating us towards is meant to get far more vicious, far more um, uh, draconian than people can imagine. And, you know, I, I say to people, um, okay, how long are you going to sit there? hoping it'll all go away, because it won't. How long are you going to do it? You know, h- how, how long uh, are you going to wait before uh, the numbers being um, imposed upon uh, by a tiny few actually say, we have the numbers, we're not having it? Because if you don't do that, then... We're, we're, we're talking about, you know, Mary Poppins as uh, things stand compared with where it's meant to go. This is just a staging point. Uh, and people have to make a, a decision. They have to look at their kids and their grandkids and, and just ask themselves how long they're going to take this. Uh, because the longer they wait, the more draconian it's going to get. Uh, and, and this is like, you know, something that I, I've been warning people about for so long. And I, I've had this thing thrown at me over the years. Oh, it, you know, a few people can't control the world. It's too many people. And here we have in a matter of weeks, uh, literally billions put under house arrest and having their independent livelihoods destroyed, which is what this is fundamentally all about and why it's happening, along with other things. Um, And, you know, people, um, unless they are in complete and utter breathtaking denial, can no longer um, uh, 
sustain the argument that a few can't control the many. It's possible because the few involved at the core are super psychopaths with no compassion, no empathy. And the population that they're targeting overwhelmingly just acquiesce and do as they're told. You know, I've seen uh, lots of people waking up uh, to the fact the world's not like they thought it was as a result of all this, because it's really something they can't deny anymore if they've got a modicum of intelligence. But the 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 the, the still great majority just um, just do whatever they're told, like you know little boys and girls um, doing what daddy and mummy says. It's it's really pathetic, uh, and you know while people have the utter lack of self-respect that they only get their information from the mainstream media, things like the BBC, et cetera. Um, Well, do they think that those organizations are going to tell them the truth? I suppose in in the naivety of believing what government tells them, I guess they would believe that. And what we've seen, uh, John, in this um, period of uh, lockdown is what's been happening in the shadows for the duration, what I've been uncovering, actually coming into a position where people can start to see it. Because the the forces that have, or the force in the end, that has expressed itself openly in lockdown and, and, and this police state all over the world, are the very same forces that have been manipulating human society um, through their proxies, like governments, government agencies, banking systems, media, etc., uh, all along. It's just that they, you know, I said years ago, there's going to come a point where they're going to have to break the surface, and we're going to see them because if you're going to, uh, if you're working covertly under the radar to transform society in a particular way then there comes a point where that society has to visually transform. And at that point, people then will start to see what's been uh, manipulating their lives covertly all along. And of course, we are, we are there now. We are looking the dragon in the face, in the eyes. And some of us refuse to blink. One of the things that really kind of gets to me over the last few weeks and months is that it's so easy to see through the veil. It's not like... There was some incredible disease that literally had people falling dead on the ground in front of us. It wasn't that we were ravaged by smallpox or something like that. It was something so benign. And if anybody looks and even scratches the surface, you can see that people aren't dying everywhere. To me, it just seems so obvious what's going on. And it's been really, really frustrating to see that others don't appear to see it the same way. And that's not for me to say that, oh, I'm so enlightened or I'm so awake. Far from it. It just seems so blatant. Nothing is hidden anymore. As you said, it had to come to the surface at some point. Well, by God, did it come roaring to the surface and crash through and hit us all straight in the face. But still people have their heads down, be it in their phones or into TV or mainstream media or whatever it is. And they're just not looking up. That must be extremely frustrating for you as somebody who has been talking and writing about this for going on three decades now at this stage, you know, and trying to lift that veil for people. Well, it's, I try to avoid the frustration because it, 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 and it, is, it is a struggle sometimes, some days, 
but you try to avoid the frustration because it's a it's it's a meaningless emotion that just just drains you and 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 makes no contribution you just have to go upward and onward and and keep putting it out and you know let he who has ears let him hear and all that uh, stuff um but if you're only getting your information from the mainstream media and the mainstream media when i when i talk about things that have been going on in the background uh at coming to the surface where you can see them that is n- never more true than the behavior of the uh, mainstream media in the last few weeks uh, over this they have consistently hour by hour lied to the to the population in concert uh, and if, but if you don't have the self-respect to say, hold on a minute, uh, okay, I'll look at this, but I'm going to see if there are any other uh, angles and ways of looking at this. Is there any other information about this that, 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 that is not in the mainstream? If you haven't got that self-respect, then all you're doing is um, listening to the propaganda and uh, believing it. Uh, and th- the story, the narrative that we're being given about this virus, which I actually say doesn't exist. I've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Um, uh, is um, The story is so weak. It's so um, easy to pick apart that the censorship has now gone into the stratosphere. I've been banned from Facebook. I've been banned from YouTube. A million subscribers, YouTube channels for decades and decades just gone um, in an instant because the story is so ridiculous and so unsupportable that the only way to defend it is to stop any other view being heard. This is why we've had extraordinary um, examples of doctors who've done YouTube videos and explained that um, the story that people are being told is not true, that they are being ordered and pressured to put COVID-19 on death certificates for people who have absolutely nothing to do with uh, uh, that at all. Um, And uh, what's happened is that these doctors who are just from their professional direct experience telling their own story um, are being deleted by YouTube for no other reason than they are um, contradicting the official narrative. And that situation, that, that kind of censorship only happens in fascist communist regimes. It doesn't happen in free, the free, free country where uh, a doctor says something and, oh, that's different to the uh, uh, official story, so we're going to delete it. A couple of doctors in um, uh, California got to 5 million hits in a few days before they pulled. Mm. And they pulled because they got to 5 million hits. It was starting to get out, out of hand. The reason they uh, they banned me is the number of hits I was getting, the number of views I was getting. If I was getting, you know, 10,000 views or something, they would have left me up. But because it was uh, 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 in the millions with some of them, um, then they pulled it because um, it was starting to have an effect on their narrative. And like I say, the narrative is so unbelievably vulnerable, they can only defend it by um, preventing uh, uh, it being unraveled uh, and people seeing the information that unravels it. Because we can we can follow a sequence here, which is 
uh, very simple and 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 uh, the timeline um, tells the story um, this uh, virus um, is supposed to have started in China well um, people apparently started getting ill in China in Wuhan and Wuhan is notorious uh, for its toxic air and thus for its um, massive amount of respiratory uh, uh, lung disease and um, pneumonia. Uh, and they took these early people who they said had got sick with this thing. Uh, and there would be sick people all over um, Wuhan. They could have picked anyone up. And they um, decided it was a virus. But the Chinese authorities never isolated the virus and never showed it was a virus. What they did is they took genetic material from the fluid of the lungs of about seven of these early cases, um, and they um, decided it was a virus. There's there's something called the Koch postulates, which um, is a um, a series of things uh, which you have to do to prove a your infectious agent exists and b it's causing what you claim it's causing, and uh, the Koch postulates were named after a guy called Robert Koch, um, who was a, a German uh, bacteriologist, etc., uh, who came up with this criteria in um, 1890. And it's been the gold standard ever since in mainstream medicine to show that uh, an infectious agent exists and that it's causing this uh, disease you claim it is. And the Koch postulates basically say... Um, First of all, you have to isolate the virus or isolate the agent, whatever you claim it is. In other words, all other genetic material has to be um, deleted from your sample and only what you say is causing uh, the disease is left. Not done in this uh, COVID-19. You then um, are, are supposed to have a situation where everybody has the same symptoms uh, and uh, that's not happening. You then have to put this agent you claim is causing your disease into a living host, and they have to get the disease. You then have to uh, take material from that living host, put it in another living host, and they have to get the disease. And then you can pretty much say, okay, A is causing B. Not one of those Koch postulates has been uh, done in this case. They've never isolated the virus. They've never shown there's a virus, and they've never shown that, a vi that, that, that what they claim is a virus is causing anything. And what they did in uh, Wuhan to start with um, is they, um, they were diagnosing people with COVID-19 from symptoms. And if you remember, what were the symptoms? Flu-like symptoms. Flu-like symptoms have a vast number of potential causes, not least in Wuhan with its um, with its air quality, um, and 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 then they um, they come up with a test called the PCR test. Uh, the PCR test was invented by a guy called uh, Kerry Mullis in um, in the 1980s, who actually said this test should not be used for diagnosing infectious diseases, which is what they're using it for. Um, and what this test does, um, this PCR test, is it tests for this genetic material that they took from the lungs of these people. Uh, it doesn't test for a virus because they're never isolated. This is why doctors have come out and, and uh, I've had communications with some of them. And they've said, actually, you know, you know, this test, 
we're not testing for COVID-19. We're testing for a genetic material, an RNA, uh, an RNA sequence. Um, and, and so when they say you've tested positive for COVID-19, no, you've not, because you're not even testing for it. Um, but because um, they've, they've scammed the test, every time someone tests positive now, they've got COVID-19. It's like a German doctor said, we don't have a new virus. We have a new test. It's a trick. So the key to this whole sequence, John, was that at that point in China, and, and this cult I talk about, this global cult, it doesn't have borders. People need to understand that. Don't think of China and America and Britain and France. It don't work like that. That's for the people. Mm. At the cult level, there are no borders. There are just subsidiary networks to the centrally dictated uh, global agenda. So China is one of the major global centers for this cult. And um, it's the Chinese model that is the, uh, the model that's been incubated under this uh, vicious communist fascist regime in China to become the global Orwellian model of uh, control. Uh, and so what you just look at what's happened during this uh, lockdown sequence, so much of what happens as a matter of course in China has been played out across the West. China is coming to the West. That's why I've been saying for decades, if you want to know what's planned for the West tomorrow, look at China today. So the key was that the Chinese response to this, quote, virus they've never isolated, uh, had to become the blueprint for how uh, virtually everyone else in the world responded to it as it uh, um, uh, illusory in its illusory spread across um, the world. And so what happened, if you remember, is um, China, as you would expect, responded with this draconian lockdown whereby people were literally locked in their homes. Some of them apparently died of starvation, pulled off the streets. And what happened is uh, the numbers are coming. The number of cases are coming from diagnosing symptoms, uh, which could be a, have a long uh, a list of causes, not least in Wuhan. And through a test that um, is not testing for COVID-19 and through putting on the death certificate COVID-19 when they've died of something else. This is how the whole scam has been played in China and then across the world. So what happened, because they control the figures, because they control the way the figures are compiled and how it's done, you can make the figures go up and then you can make the figures go down. So we had this situation in China whereby um, there was this furore. Oh, it's this fantastically deadly virus. Oh, my God. And then you saw the Chinese government building hospitals to, to, to meet the crisis in days or build a hospital in days. And then suddenly, woo, the figures start to drop and, and the hospitals have closed that they've built. And immediately, this is the key to it, the World Health Organization, which is owned by Bill Gates, his second biggest funder, only to, second only to the United States government, and the director general of the World Health Organization, a guy called Ted Ross from Ethiopia, who's, who, who's um, a, an employee, has been an employee of the past of, um, of Gates organizations. Um, he comes out and says, the way to deal with this virus 
is the way the Chinese have done it. Look at the way the Chinese have done it. They, they've sorted it out with it, with this uh, lockdown. Uh, Gates came out and said the same and so on. And so when it came to the West, what happened? Well, when it appeared to come to the West, what happened? Uh, first of all, people start, the medical profession start diagnosing this stuff on symptoms. We're going through the same sequence. So flu-like symptoms are now suddenly not flu or other uh, causes, they are COVID-19. Um, and then they start testing people with the same PCR test, which is not testing for COVID-19, and the same sequence played out. And then you go to Italy, which was used as the, um, the big fear. Italy, it's a Western country. Mm. Look what can happen in Italy. If it can happen in Italy, it, it could come to us. And so you had this uh, frenzy in northern Italy. Northern Italy uh, around Lombardy, in the Lombardy region, just happens to be uh, the, the Italian version of Wuhan with um, in, extraordinary levels of toxic air and lots of um, uh, respiratory and uh, pneumonia and also a very, very high death count. Um, the last figures I saw, I think it was 2018, in um, Lombardy, where all this was going on, um, just a few hundred short of 100,000 people died in that year in Lombardy. The next region for um, highest death rates in Italy was Lazio, 57,000 compared with 100,000. So th there was so many, um, so much potential uh, with respiratory disease that was happening anyway to be re-diagnosed COVID-19. And, and 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 but still, as this moved on, still they didn't have the death numbers. The numbers weren't um, weren't uh, composite with a um, or comparable with a deadly virus. Um, and uh, so um, they had a problem because the the, the death numbers weren't being uh, produced, even with uh, fixing the death certificates. So. Um, what then happened, absolutely planned from the start, I suggest, is that this deeply corrupt um, Imperial College in London um, and its uh, computer modeler, Professor Neil Ferguson, who's been wrong so many times in the past, it's laughable. Um, he came out with these projections that half a million people could possibly die in Britain from this, and that up to two million people could die in America. And that changed the whole game. Mm. In the, although they didn't have the numbers, now it was all on, but if we don't do it, this is what's going to happen. Um, and so you had the lockdowns both sides of the Atlantic and around uh, Europe and the rest of the world. And uh, just by coincidence, the people around Boris Johnson the dark suits who've never seen a ballot box, the medical technocrats, have massive financial connections to Bill Gates. And in America, you've got this lady, Deborah Burks, and uh, this completely crooked, psychopathic um, Anthony um, Fauci, who both have massive financial connections to Bill Gates. Bill Gates has basically bought the world um, medical uh, system. And, and, and so you um, have... Um, these figures for deaths and cases that are being compiled and uh, reported by the media um, unquestioningly, 
by the Johns Hopkins University operation in America, which is another massively Gates-connected uh, um, organization. So they stitched up the whole thing. But because it's not a virus, and people say, well, why don't they just release a virus? Because if they did, they could lose, they would, they would lose control of it. Especially if you, you release a bioweapon or something, you're going to lose control of it. But if you're doing it by simply fixing the numbers, you have complete control of it. You can decide when it appears to be going up and when it comes down, and when there's a second wave, which is what they're planning. Um, you control all of it. But what it makes you is very vulnerable to being exposed because you're lying through your teeth. And this is why this vicious, hysterical level of, of censorship has been imposed to stop that uh, happening, although a very large number of people have, have seen that. So to, tr to, to, to give the impression of something happening when it's not happening, you um, pressure in each country the medical profession and doctors to put COVID-19 on the death certificate no matter what. I mean, in Scotland and Northern Ireland, um, they've introduced regulations that if someone tests positive for COVID-19, in other words, the genetic material, not COVID-19, and they die of anything within 28 days, then COVID-19 must go on the death certificate. We've had this guy Valance, this uh, science advisor to Johnson, uh, having to admit that actually just because it says they died of COVID-19 doesn't mean they did. We, we're having doctors and, and other medical um, people like the medic, chief medical officer of Illinois uh, did a press conference and said exactly the same. Oh, no, just because it says COVID-19 on the desk, it doesn't mean they actually died from it. Well, uh, uh, excuse me, what? This is how it's being done. Um, and, of course, the, 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 uh, the number of cases goes up and up because they, they're testing for genetic material that lots of people have in their body. So they're actually going to test uh, positive for it. And this is how it's all been achieved. And uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'd sussed this weeks ago. Um, and uh, I talked and um, interacted with doctors, um, particularly one in America called Dr. Um, Andrew Kaufman, mm -hmm. uh, who has this forensic mind and doesn't, you know, read reports. He goes back to the original scientific papers and reads them. Um, and he'd, he'd realized some time ago that actually they've never shown this virus to exist. Um, and um, what was happening, uh, John? Um, if you followed the figures, is that uh, because all these um, uh, people dying of other things were being uh, designated COVID-19, the, the, the figures of people dying compared with previous years um, of other things were going down at one point at the same rate that COVID-19 deaths were going up. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, but, but what has happened, and it was always going to happen, is that the lockdown itself is killing people. And every time they die in, 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 in care homes and nursing homes, and I can talk a lot about what's, that, uh, what's gone on there because people working there have contacted us. Um, because of that, um, they, they have all these people dying of other things, which, again, they can uh, put COVID-19 on. And, and you see this recurring, um, this recurring description in the media. So-and-so uh, or this number have died after testing positive for COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, not that have died from, 
after testing positive. But the next stage is those figures died after testing positive, not of, are picked up by the Johns Hopkins University operation and they become died of uh, when, they, when they didn't. So these figures are ludicrous and completely um, uh, made up. And that's where it's coming from. And it's so blatant, they've had to go into these extreme levels of censorship to stop the truth coming out in a, in a big way. And one of the interesting things for me, David, is on an anecdotal level and a personal level, not many people know many people who have even allegedly died from this, do they? That's the thing. I mean, I, I talk to my friends, I talk to acquaintances or whatever, and I've never yet heard of anybody who firsthand knows somebody who died from this. Same and- here. Same, same. You know, my boys in Derby have done that. Um, you know, I've done that. People I know have done that. Do you know anyone who has COVID-19? Do you know anyone who's died from it? Do you know anyone you know who knows anyone who has it or has died from it? And it's zero, 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 zero. But it's the power of, of, um, of, of media propaganda and programming that people believe in something without even just taking a breath and, and, and asking themselves if it stands up. And when you do that with this virus scam, uh, there's no, no, no aspect of it that stands up. Language is something I'm very interested in, and it has been extremely enlightening in a way to watch the language used around this PSYOP, which is probably the best term I can put on it. Exactly um, what it is. I mean, we're seeing military language over and over again. We're talking about the front lines and trenches and all that kind of military terminology over and over and over again. And... We're also, we're also seeing, as you said, the interchangeability of words, which doesn't actually exist in, say, the English language. So instead of dying from, it's dying with or whatever it might be. But people are just yeah. blindly accepting this as if the words are interchangeable and mean the same thing. At what point do you think the language will become obvious to people as well? Because the spell has been cast and been woven through spelling and language, and it does seem to be working extremely well. Surely at some point, David, people will think, hang on a minute, let's look at this even with a modicum of critical analysis. Something's wrong. I don't know anybody who's got this. I don't know anybody who knows anybody who's got this. The language is, it's, it's all this violent military language. Why? Why? Something must be going on. In the absence of, um, and maybe that's what the second wave is about, I don't know, we, we can touch on that and the links to other technologies and stuff. In the absence of morgues filling up and hospitals filling up and ICU units overflowing, surely something has to give in the narrative. What do you think? Well, it, it, again, it has given in the narrative for large numbers of people. Um, because of the censorship, uh, the number of people who've sussed that there's, there's something not right, if only at that level, is enormous compared with what it appears to be. Um, because the microphones where people, you know, get their information from are dominated by the, the official narrative. But a lot of people have sussed it. But it just shows you, given how easy it is to suss, the level of programming that vast numbers of people live their lives in um, – believing that it's their own mind when they, they, they've allowed themselves to become uh, little more than a software program uh, that w- with, the, with the state and the system pressing enter whenever it chooses. Um, uh, but, you know, 
if, if people don't um, don't make the decision to have the self-respect to to check uh, their own um, facts rather than just believe what the media tells them or the government tells them, they're never going to suss it because they will never hear anything that will help them uh, suss it. For instance, um, you know, people watch a television program and it's not called a program by accident. Um, and, and they go into this kind of semi-conscious mode watching it. And things like um, someone died after testing positive from and someone died from, they, they just fuse into one mm. because they're not they're not conscious enough when they're watching um, to actually t see those nuances and see those uh, subtleties. All they hear is died from or died after. And it, well, another covid death. They don't question. So when you say to people, there is no bloody virus. Um they say, well, well, all these people are dying. Yeah, but have you, have you, have you, do you know how many people die every year, every week? And, and, and how many die from respiratory um, problems? It's absolutely freaking enormous. And this is another thing, John, you know. People say this virus is um, uh, deadly or potentially deadly to old people, but hardly touches younger people at all. And if they test positive for this genetic material, they're invariably young people have no symptoms whatsoever. Well, why don't they have any symptoms? Because they haven't got a virus, because there is not a virus. But why, why does this virus not affect young people virtually at all, but affects old people um, in, in much higher uh, levels, numbers? Because younger people invariably, overwhelmingly, do not have other life-threatening conditions that they're going to die of and be designated COVID-19. They, they don't exist. They, they can't uh, re-diagnose them with COVID-19 because they haven't got anything in the first place. But the older you get, uh, the more other uh, potential, what they call morbidities, uh, uh, people have. And the more potential there is as they die, and people do tend to die when they get, uh, you know, old. Um, you, the more potential you have to redesignate those um, deaths from other causes as a, a as COVID nineteen, and that's why old people are quote dying from this, and not uh, and not young people. Uh, and and in terms of the the care homes and the uh, the, the nursing homes, I mean, I, you know, I was ahead of this because I was pointing out weeks ago that what's going to happen, and this was at a time when the, um, the number of people dying from other diseases was going down at the same rate as the um, COVID-19 deaths were apparently going up. Uh, I said, look, but eventually the death numbers uh, compared with other years are going to go up because of the lockdown. And there's going to be lots of people dying in um, old people's homes and care homes, et cetera, which are going to be designated COVID-19 when they're not anything to do with that. And we got um, approached by people. Uh, there was one nurse, uh, I remember, who uh, came on and said, actually, um, there's a word for what's happening in, in, in the care homes, the nursing homes, including my own, he said, and that's murder. He said, what they're doing is they're designating entire care homes to have COVID-19 
Um, and if one gets it, it's it's presumed that everyone else has got it. And once that happens, he said, doctors aren't coming in anymore. He said, we are begging uh, for antibiotics, for problems that the, uh, people have in the, in this home that he uh, or this nursing home that he was he is working in, but they can't get them. And so these people, these old people are dying. They're being allowed to die. Um, and then they're. they're designated a COVID-19 death when it had absolutely nothing to do with it. And something else, I don't know what is going on in Ireland, um, John, but in, in, in Britain, it's absolutely going on. It's come from so many different sources, medical sources and loved ones sources, family sources. They are pressuring old people. In fact, it's even appeared in parts of the mainstream media here and there that um, general practitioners, are, are, um, family doctors are pressuring old people on their books to sign no, uh, do not resuscitate forms. They're being pressured in hospital to do that. So, um, and, and what's happening is they're taking people into hospital and because all oh, COVID-19, we can't have visitors. They're going in there without family, without anyone literally watching their back. And then they die and no one knows what the hell's happening um, because they can't get there. We, we've had children dying not of COVID-19, but of other things in hospital without their mum and dad, because the mum and dad wasn't allowed in because of COVID-19 uh, 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 laws and regulations. And we, we um, were given this um, a few days ago, this um, interchange between um, uh, a, a woman, in, a girl, a young, young woman in uh, London and, uh, and someone else where she's telling the story of what had happened that day um, in a London hospital. She'd broken her foot, broken her ankle. And she turns up at uh, accident and emergency. And she said, instead of treating the foot, they told me I didn't look well. And that, um, you know, uh, maybe you, you, you we'll, we'll need to give you an, an X-ray. So she thought, well, an X-ray on my foot. Well, okay, yeah, I'll follow that one. She goes into the X-ray, and they want an X-ray her chest. Wow. And 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 then they try to they try to get her into a COVID ward. She's gone in with a broken foot. Um. So this is what's happening all over the world. It's like in America, the the uh, Centers for Disease Control. Um, are not only telling doctors, as the doctors uh, have, um, uh, many of the doctors have um, uh, said, telling doctors that um, they must diagnose COVID-19 for, you know, fall down the stairs, COVID-19. Um, but there's massive financial incentives. I don't know if you've seen this, but the Medicare um, system in America um, has been changed in this period of this fake pandemic. Mm -hmm. So that if a hospital diagnoses someone with regular pneumonia, they get paid $4,600. If they diagnose someone with COVID-19 pneumonia, they get $13,000. And if they um, have a COVID-19 uh, diagnosed patient and they put them on a ventilator, they get $39,000. And I don't know if you've seen that um, video that a, a, a doctor, a medical professional uh, did in America where he's, um, he's wearing a mask and he's in a room in a hospital and behind him 
are all these machines and they've got covers on. And he goes on about the fact that he, he, he doesn't even, uh, you know, he's questioning whether there is a virus at all. And he tells how the death certificates are being uh, faked with uh, wrong diagnosis. But then he says, these machines behind me are the non-invasive way when people have respiratory problems and need oxygen. That's the first, these are the first machines you, you, you go on. They're simply a mask that give people oxygen. He said, soon as this COVID-19 started, he said, we were banned from um, using these machines on patients. In his words, we have to let the patients crash. In other words, get so bad that they uh, are go straight onto a ventilator. And there's 39 grand immediately, every one of them. Uh, and so wherever you look, it's an absolute um, scam. And this has been done for, for three reasons. One, to destroy the um, independent livelihood of the population so they become totally dependent on the state, and thus you do what the state says or you don't get anything. Um, uh, and this is why they had to have the lockdown to create this. Uh, I know so many people whose, whose businesses will never open again. Uh, two, to justify a massive uh, expansion of the surveillance state on the grounds of tracking people to um, track the virus. Um, and if you don't have a virus, of course, you've got massive potential for tracking the virus because you're making it up. You don't lose control of it. You're making it up so you have control of it. And thirdly, um, it's to get the entire human population, that's what they're after, uh, vaccinated with this Gates vaccine, uh, <clears throat> which will um, have nothing to do with COVID-19. You see, if you've not isolated a virus, you can't test for it. And if you're not isolated a virus, you can't vaccinate for it. And there never has been a vaccine for a COVID, uh, a coronavirus. Um, uh, but I said at the start of this, the vaccine already exists. Um, before this started, the vaccine existed. Uh, but what they're having to do is go through this f f uh, charade of seeking a vaccine because they have a credibility issue. It takes years to develop a vaccine. And the story is that this COVID-19 uh, um, uh, uh, virus um, just came out of nowhere. So you have a starting point, say January. And so you have a credibility problem because if you come out with a vaccine far too early, when you appear to only have started trying to find one in January or February, then there's a big credibility problem. Even among uh, non-skeptical people, they'll say, well, hold on a minute. It's supposed to take years. So they can't bring in the, um, the vaccine immediately, but what they're going to do is to try to bring it in as fast as possible. And what they want, and they're telling you, is to keep the lockdown um, right up to the vaccine and say to people, as they are saying, and Gates is openly saying it, um, you cannot go back to a normal life until you're vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And in that vaccine will not be anything to do with coronavirus. It will be to do with a, a lot of things, um, including um, nanotechnology um, to do with this whole 
smart grid technology, which 5G is all part of. You've segued beautifully for me there onto 5G because it seems to be the dirty word with regard to censorship and anybody who speaks about 5G is immediately ostracised from any kind of platform that they may have. However, we're going to talk about it now. Um, What are your thoughts on 5G and how is it linked to this, David? Well, um, I I talked about this um, uh, weeks ago and was not only misrepresented in the in the mainstream media as you would expect, but also in the um, in the alternative media in many cases, as if I was saying that the virus is caused by five G. Um, how can I be saying that when I'm saying there is no virus? Yeah. I mean, you know, hello, it's crazy. What I'm saying is that five um, G can generate symptoms, flu-like symptoms um, uh, that are being uh, claimed to be. Uh, this COVID-19. But the what interests me um, most is this interaction that 5G at 60 gigahertz has with oxygen. And this is accepted by the telecommunications industry. I mean, they are even using it as a selling point, really, because for some reason, um, the interaction between 5G at 60 gigahertz and oxygen molecules allows lots of devices to be used in the same area without interfering with each other. Uh, uh, But it has this effect on oxygen. And there are cases, a small number of cases, um, where um, people are having these strange um, lung effects, which are being described as um, oxygen um, depletion. Uh, because what this 60 gigahertz 5G does um, is it stops the body from absorbing the volume of oxygen it normally would. And uh, there's a doctor from a um, – he's been taken out of the, of the uh, intensive care unit now apparently because he made the video. But he made this video uh, to say that we were told to expect uh, infectious disease, COVID-19, but that's not what we're seeing, he said. He said, we're seeing lungs I've never seen before. He said, lungs that I would expect to see in um, someone who is in a plane at 30,000 feet and uh, the cabin depressurizes. Or you put someone on the top of Everest without any acclimatization or, by definition, without oxygen. That's what we're seeing. And and there's been a number of stories running about this in in the British media recently. Um, And so what I'm saying is when you see that effect – at 60 gigahertz with uh, 5G's um, impact on oxygen and our ability to absorb it, that has to be put in the mix. Um, but my feeling about 5G um, is that its real impact is to come. Uh, you know, when you have a situation where Ofcom, the Office of Communications in Britain, which is the government regulatory agency for British broadcasters, when it tells them, as Ofcom has, you will face severe sanctions if you even discuss a link between 5G and um, this virus pandemic, then you know there's a connection um, because that's, that's what they've done. You know, there was a small community radio station, I think it was in Sussex, um, in the kind of outer London area, Um, And they had one person on talking about 5G in relation to this this virus. And uh, Ofcom uh, went 
absolutely crazy. Um, uh, they um, threatened them with um, with big sanctions and announced that the rest of the broadcast media in Britain, I'm talking the BBC, all of them, uh, must not have this discussion, not even a debate. So that tells you that there's a connection. Um, and then you look at the um, this whole thing happening absolutely in the wake of the rollout of um, 5G and the fact that while vast numbers of businesses were shut down, many not to reopen again because they weren't considered essential, um, rolling out 5G across the world, um, to, uh, you know, so rapidly during this lockdown was considered essential. Uh, you know, you go on the internet and you, you'll see people who, who, who go out and, and they see all the towers that weren't there before. Um, and it's happening in Britain, it's happening in Australia, it's happening in America. Kids are going to go back to school and they're going to find that 5G is there. Uh, they're going to go, uh, hospitals are putting 5G in. Uh, you know, uh, how do you think that's going to work out? You know, uh, uh, what do you think? Um, so obviously, uh, and and Elon Musk is putting satellites up all the time to fire 5G at the Earth in low low um, low orbit. So this whole 5G is absolutely connected uh, and has the potential, as it expands, to um, create illness, create uh, oxygen depletion illness, to create other illness, which can then be blamed on other waves of this virus, possibly. And... Um, the other thing about 5G, uh, which has been pointed out by, you know, people who um, are au fait with all this, is that 5G at the moment is at the lowest level it will ever be because of the uh, how few people are actually using 5G devices. But as more and more people use 5G devices, more and more um, uh, beam connections of 5G are going to be made all over the place in the environments that people work in, cities, on trains, and uh, etc. And and the atmosphere is going to become more and more infused with 5G. The more devices that people um, use, so um, I, I I say that the 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 big 5G impact is to come um, because of this. And one of the things about 5G, there seems to be a kind of a general assumption, and I think this has been very skillfully propagandized on the part of those who are looking to push the technology, is that, oh, it's just another bump up. We had 3G, now we 4G, now it's 5G. It's just, an ex it's just kind of an upgrade and you'll have faster Netflix or whatever, but it's completely different technology. And when you look at Wi-Fi at the moment and it's only using two bands on the spectrum, 5G will be simultaneously, and you mentioned the 60 gigahertz there, but it'll be simultaneously using up to 2,000 at the one time, all interconnected by millions of devices and small cell towers or mobile towers yeah. all over the place. I mean, it is a whole new world. And this is the same technology that the US military developed by DARPA has used, and it can be checked online if anyone cares to do that as a crowd dispersal technology, LRAD, I think it was known um, at some point in the past, which actually cooked people from the inside to encourage, heavy use of quotation marks, them to leave a particular area. And that's 
That's 5G technology right there. Who wants that or to be swimming in a soup of that kind of electromagnetic pond water, for want of a better term? Yeah, plus the fact that, you know, we shouldn't forget um, the potential psychological effects because the body is an antenna. The skin is an antenna. The sweat ducts are an antenna. And that's why when they fire this 5G frequency, which is a band of frequency, um, with these um, so-called active denial technologies, these uh, crowd uh, dispersing technologies, they fire the, um, the frequency and the skin decodes it. And it decodes it into the feeling that your skin is on fire. That's why people run. Mm. Um, and so... If you're an antenna, um, you're going to be affected by frequencies that your body decodes. The body is an electromagnetic field that uh, communicates electrically. The brain processes information electrically. It, 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 it communicates with the cellular structure electrically. We are um, electrochemical beings. And so the idea that we can be bombarded with these powerful electromagnetic fields and not be affected by them is just another form of insanity. Uh, and because, again, most people live their lives on the absolute outer, outer peripheral uh, um, level of knowledge. They don't have knowledge. They have a feeling and they have an assumption. They have, oh, an idea they heard somewhere. So most people have not looked at what 5G is. They've not looked at the fact that it's a whole new band of frequency, as you were pointing out, millimeter waves, which have um, uh, different potential effects. It, to them, it's just, well, yeah, 5G, well, that will get movies quicker. Uh, and and this level of and I keep coming back to it because this is what it is, lack of self-respect um, is how people get um, scammed. Uh, and so um, the idea that 5G or 4G and these this this electromagnetic soup of electromagnetic fields technologically generated can have an effect on an electromagnetic organism is like, well, that's crazy, man. How can you say that? It's just, it's just going to make my phone work. Um, but they won't even know that the body's an electromagnetic um, entity. Never mind that uh, 5G can have a fundamental effect on it. And uh, I come back to the psychology the brain processes information electrically. If you can impact upon that uh, information processing uh, um, the way that it does that, then um, you can impact upon the way uh, people perceive the world, perceive everything. Perceptions uh, on a brain level come from electrical um, firing and electrical processing of frequency information. That's how thoughts manifest um, at the brain level. 
Uh, and anything that can impact on that is going to impact on, on, on thought, which is impacting on perception, which impacts upon behavior, um, which impacts upon the life experience we all have. Uh, you, you control perception, you control behavior. Control behavior, control the world. And if you look at the period of this lockdown, what has happened? They've controlled perception. They've controlled behavior. People have sat there in their homes under house arrest because their perception says it's dangerous to go out. And others who've realized that this is not right, their perception is, but if I challenge it, what are the consequences for me? So they sit there and just take it. Uh, and so th this whole conspiracy is a conspiracy of manipulating human perception so they control human behavior. And that's why mavericks, uh, 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 they're ter so terrified of mavericks because they can't uh, manipulate them to respond perceptually in the way that, um, that they need them to. So from your point of view then, what are the solutions? Because it's a fairly safe assumption that most of the people listening to this show will be fairly clued into what's going on and they very much understand what you're talking about. There will be a lot of people wondering, how do we get out of this? Even not collectively, but on an individual level. Obviously, it starts from taking personal responsibility and it starts with the self. But what, what's your perception um, or from your point of attention? What's the best way for somebody who just doesn't know what to do? They're kind of clued into the con game and they don't have the same collective Stockholm syndrome that a lot of people may have. How can they go about seeing a positive way forward for themselves and those around them? Well, funnily enough, um, I started writing a book last um, kind of October and 85% of it was finished before this big, these big lockdowns kicked in. And the book is called The Answer. And there's now a big section on the pandemics, of course, because they fundamentally um, confirm what's in the rest of the book. Um, but it's all about this. What can we do? And the pandemic is just an addition to it. But the, the same theme is, is there. And it's coming out in August. Um, I've literally just finished it. Um, and um, I, I, I'm going to go into all that um, then. But, I mean, for me, we have to re, um, reassess the nature of self and, and the experience we're having. Because if you perceive yourself through a series of labels, what I call IMRs, I am a man, I am a woman, I am a black, I am white, I am this, I am the other, I am Christian, I am Jewish, all the rest of it, um, then you are operating not as the true I, you're operating as the misinterpretation of the true I as the experiences you're having. Um, being white, being black, being Irish, being whatever, is an experience. It's not who you are. Who you are is the consciousness having that experience. And that consciousness is eternal and um, will at some point uh, withdraw from this body, which is nothing more than a focus of attention for that consciousness in a tiny band of frequencies called visible light. 
and you will continue your exploration of forever, forever. Um, and if you focus only on your labels and you self-identify only with your labels, then the world looks a certain way and consequences for actions look a certain way. But if you um, self-identify with being a point of attention within an infinite state of consciousness, and your point of attention could be the size of a P or infinity itself, just how much you're going to allow in, then you see the whole thing in a different way. I mean, this is where I'm coming from. I don't see my life as a life. I see it as, as a short experience. Um, and thus, I, I existed before and I will exist afterwards as consciousness in its different forms. So in that sense, I don't see consequences like people in label consciousness see consequences. I, I look at um, the situation and I say, I'm going to do what I know to be right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say what I know to be right. I mean, I could have shut my mouth and, and edited myself and censored myself and still be on YouTube. But what's the bloody point? No point whatsoever. You speak your truth and the consequences take care of themselves. And they can have uh, benefits that you never thought possible uh, when something apparently negative happened. But you speak your truth. You live your truth. And the consequences take care of themselves because they don't matter to you in the sense that you're an infinite uh, expression of consciousness. You'll be leaving this body and, and carrying on and you came in and you go out and, and you explore forever, forever. So what happens in terms of consequences, suddenly they don't matter to you. What matters to you is speaking your truth and living your truth. And that has a power. It has a frequency that is much more powerful than lies and mendacity, which is the frequency that this cult works on. That's why they're terrified of people who are not in, um, intimidated by them, who are not um, worried about what will they do if I say this. They just say it and they let the cult worry about the consequences. Um, and it gives you this, this tremendous freedom where you are you. You're not censoring you. You're not editing you. Um, you just being you. And, and, and you're not allowing um, external influences to impact upon your speaking and, and living your truth. Because the biggest prison that people live in, even those that have sussed some of what's going on, sometimes a lot of what's going on, is this question, what are the consequences for me of doing what I know to be right? Hmm. Um, and once you ask that question, then the consequences will will invariably stop you doing it. But when you open your your heart, which is not just about what the, the perception of love that we have, you open your heart, you're opening to innate intelligence, expanded consciousness, all these things, knowing rather than thinking. Um, and. That When you do that, 
there's no way that the heart will say, what are the consequences of doing what I know to be right? It just does it. It just does it. Um, and, and what happens, happens. And what people will find, and what I've found, is that when you do that, um, the consequences that you may uh, otherwise have perceived happening don't happen. Or, or, or if they do happen, they lead to something very positive that wouldn't have happened without the consequences. So it, it's, it's, it's setting ourselves free to do what we know to be right. And, and, and what absolutely uh, we surely know to be right is not sitting, acquiescing to this combination of psychopaths and idiots that are imposing this upon us. I put a meme on the Internet weeks ago, and it was, it was a picture of the earth. And it said at the top, ruled by psychopaths. And at the bottom, it said, run by idiots. Mm. And that's the dynamic. You know, when you see the Matt Hancocks and the Boris Johnsons and, and the people you have in Ireland, um, I mean, you know, they're not brain, you know, brain of Britain uh, uh, um, material, are they? <laughs> that's they're for really sure. not. I mean, I wouldn't let Matt Hancock, the um, health secretary in Britain, run a Welk store you know, without being seriously overseen 24 hours a day. But he's running the health department and he's telling people, he's told people uh, yesterday, uh, people are outside of your household, you must not hug them until there's a vaccine. <laughs> well, Mr. Hancock, I know a place where the sun don't shine and you can stick that one right there. Uh, so, you, you know, like when I see people, who are not in, in fear of, um, of it, I hug them. And, and, I do what I know to be right. I don't walk round them. I, when I'm walking down the street, I walk straight ahead. Yeah. If people want to avoid me because they're frightened of, 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 of me and, and you know what I might be carrying, well, they can move. I ain't moving because I ain't frightened of them. You know, it's it's living your life. Um, if, if we want to be free, then we must live freedom. Otherwise, how can we ever be free if we don't live freedom? And there's another uh, um, another equation, which is if you concede to stupid, you become stupid. If something's stupid, then don't do it. Don't do it. Refuse to do it. Um, and, you know, because every time you concede to stupid, another notch of freedom has gone. And more than that, you know, and I think this is something, you know, it's a bit deep psychologically. But I think that what a lot of people are, are, are being affected by psychologically in this whole lockdown is on some level that they, they – They've lost self-respect because they know that they know this is nonsense and they know they shouldn't be acquiescing to it. But they are. And that, that starts to erode your self-respect and your self-esteem because you're acquiescing to something and, and you, you know you're acquiescing. And that kind of drains you of, of, of self-esteem. But when you're refusing to 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 um, to align with stupid, 
then you've got your self-esteem because you're not you, you refuse to have imposed upon you um, the nonsense that that these psychopaths and idiots are um, are insisting that you do. So uh, you know if they bring a um, something in, or you've got to wear a mask. Well, I won't. I won't do it. I do what you like, but I ain't doing it. Um, uh, because it's nonsense. It's all it's all nonsense. But if we acquiesce to it, then we become part of the nonsense, mm. and and we're conceding our freedom. Don't don't moan about your freedom taken away if you're acquiescing and playing your part in that freedom being taken away by acquiescing to it being taken away. We, we, we've, we've really just got to live our freedom. And if, if, if I mean, when they make these announcements, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. If enough people say we're not doing it, then where's their power? They've got no power. Their power is in the acquiescence of the people to the few saying this is what, what you, 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 you're, you're going to do. Um, and, and, you know, I, I will not acquiesce. No matter what, oh, well, you know, we'll find you. We'll do what you like. I won't pay it. We'll, we'll put you in jail. We'll, you do what you bloody like. I ain't doing it. Um, and because if, like I say, if we acquiesce with those taking our freedom away, our freedom will be taken away. Because what we're looking at here, John, is a massive psychological, well, psyop. That's what it is. You know, this this whole thing about social distancing, it's all nonsense. There was a guy um, who's a, a viro virologist advisor to the government in this period who came out last week and said that this social distancing of two meters, six feet, in his words, was conjured out of nowhere with no scientific basis. Um, and yet people are just, um, are just doing it. Um, and it wasn't conjured out of nowhere. It appeared to him it was because it made no scientific sense because there's no scientific basis. But from the cult point of view, there's method in it. This is why, you know, you, you see people standing outside of shops in India, six feet apart, all over the world, because it's about driving people apart. Yeah. They don't want human-human interaction. The mask is, is, is a block on human-human um interaction and if you look at the um correlation between the human cause climate change hoax and the pandemic hoax the goals and the outcomes de uh, uh, demanded are basically the same and in the area we're talking about now what is climate change the climate change hoax saying humans are dangerous humans are destroying the world especially those old people and especially those white men they're the they're the ones and, and, and what is all this social distancing and masks about? It's saying humans are dangerous. You should fear each other. Everyone is a potential danger to you. It's all psychological because where they want to go with this end game is to fuse humans with technology. This is the whole, I mean, I write about this for years. This is where they want to go. So what they're doing is they're introducing all these technologies where like off, um, personal assistance and all these things, uh, kind of toys and dolls for kids that, um, that are AI, um, so that people start to interact with AI as if AI is human. 
At the same time, human-human contact is being driven apart. Human-human intercourse is being driven apart. And it's all part of this psychological, um, literally psychological distancing of human beings from, um, from each other. And the, the, uh, because of the lockdown, the overwhelming majority of human communication is human uh, communication via machine, via technology. Mm-hmm. The human-human interaction um, is negligible compared with what it, it, it was before this happened. And it's all part of the plan. It's, it's all psychological. And if we, we need to take our minds back and uh, not allow this psychological um, um, manipulation to impact upon us. Because if we do, um, then they're going to get what they want. It'd be very interesting to see if, for example, mobile phones disappeared overnight. Would this disappear overnight as well? You know, because the interaction is through, as you say, technology. So whether it's laptops or mobile phones or whatever it is, I don't think people would cope very well if suddenly the phones were taken away and they realized, hang on a minute, I don't actually have any meaningful human on human interaction in my life. Not that I expect that to happen, but if that were the case, all of a sudden we'd have some eyes very wide open as to what's going on. And I think that's why the phones in people's hands and the watches that they're now wearing and, you know, the advancement of technology on the body is absolutely crucial and key to it. And it's something you've spoken about with regard to the transhumanist agenda for a long, long time. I don't I don't have a I don't carry a mobile phone. I have one in the drawer. It's 3G and. um uh, I use it maybe once every six months when I'm somewhere where I absolutely need to be contacted and there's no other way. I'm, and even then, I, I get the message and I, I, I say I'll talk to you on a, on a landline uh, when I get to one. Um, and six months more on end sits in the drawer. In fact, I, if you ask me where it was now, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't carry them. And I, I've never missed them. I've never needed them. Um, except in the very, very rare things where they're kind of useful in that sense. But I, even with, with, with that, I, I could, um, I could uh, go without because we did before. Uh, and th- this is one of the things. I was born in 1952. I was 68 about a week or two ago. Um, and therefore, people of, of that generation, they have a radar because they knew what it was like before. The, the young people now are born into this. This is their normal. And this is another reason, John, why they are systematically trying to um, divide young and old. It's why they're targeting old people. They want rid of old people. They want rid of old people because they want rid of that experiential radar um, of seeing the world before all this happened. They want to isolate young people away from any other influence other than the system that can say, actually, you know, um, I've experienced before this happened and this is not normal. Uh, they don't want that. So they want it. They want it. That's why they're demonizing old people. And, and we come back to the human cause climate change um, correlation with the pandemic hoax. Uh, the, the, the human cause climate change, it's them old people. They've done this to us. We've got to live in, in what they've caused. And uh, and here we have old people being targeted. Um, we're, lit- we're literally uh, literally mass murder around the world, um, uh, hidden by this, uh, this, this pandemic. 
so um, there's so many uh, subplots to all this, as, as well as the main ones. And targeting old people is one of them. And where do you think this is going to end? Do you think people are going to wake up to a degree or rise up even? When I say rise up, I don't mean a revolution externally, not a hot revolution per se, but a revolution within the self. I mean, what you've just described there, you know, the opening of the heart and connecting with higher vibrations and higher frequency. Are you hopeful that that can happen? And what do you think it will take for that to happen? Because I don't see a huge amount of it happening at the moment. Well, while I see more and more people potentially um, yeah. getting wise to what's going on around them in terms of actually taking that action. Well, that's which, the next step. Which is the next, the next step, step, yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's a certain level in the awakening when you're standing on the other side of the street and you can see what's going on across the road uh, and you can start to predict what's going to happen next. But what's going to change it is when you cross the road and get engaged with it uh, or, 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 or even more disengage with it. Mm-hmm. Stop um, being part of your own enslavement. If something's enslaving, refuse to do it. If something's taking your freedom away, refuse to cooperate with it. I mean, why would you? Um, and uh, in in terms of um, you know people reacting to this, I, I still remain uh, I still remain uh, um, hopeful be- uh, that that. Um, this can be turned around. And if I looked at what is happening now and I, um, I looked at it with my five sense mind, shall we say, Mm -hmm. then I'd say no chance all over gone. We're never going to come back from this. It's all gonna, we're all going to go back into a dystopia now deeper and deeper. Um, but something, something within me, the, the something that's driven me on for 30 years says, no, no, no. Um, there's, there are some big surprises coming. Uh, and uh, this cult is very vulnerable to people um, awakening to it because its biggest source of power is, um, apart from human power being handed to it, is, is the fact that people aren't aware that it exists. Um, but more and more people are becoming aware. And, and, but there's this transition that needs to take place where people cross the road. And um, that doesn't mean you're absolutely right. That doesn't mean we, it, there has to be a violent revolution. There has to be a revolution of perception mm-hmm. because from that everything else comes. See, um, we, we, are, we, we, we live within a, a field of potentiality, a field of um, energy, vibration, which is, which is all possibility. Um, and it's like if I'm sitting here now in front of this computer and I go on the Internet, then my perception of reality will dictate where on the Internet I go. You know, some people will go to this website, some people will go to this one. And their, their perception of reality, a perception of self, will take them there. But it's the same principle in the greater picture, because in many ways, the Wi-Fi Internet connection is exactly the same principle as the, 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 the connection between the, what I call the field and, and as uh, individual human uh, entities. So our perceptions are interacting with this field, and they're dictating what we connect with and what we connect a feedback loop with 
And that feedback loop is dictating our experience. Our perceptions become our experience in this feedback loop, in this um, interaction with this field. So everything that uh, everything that exists in this reality is a frequency. Every thought is a frequency. Every emotion is a frequency. And um, so our perceptions are an amalgamation of different frequencies, a collective whole of the different frequencies that we are um, producing. We'll call it our perception. But it's made up of different thoughts and different emotions that make up this band of frequency that I call perception. Um, and so um, the way we see ourselves, the way we see, see the world is dictating the band of frequency, the, the breadth of frequency and the nature of frequency with which we're interacting with this field and creating these feedback loops of perception becomes experience, perception becomes experience. Um, and um, so if you believe that you are little me and you have no power, then that frequency band that is generated by that perception of self will interact with the field in that band of frequency. And you will um, create a feedback loop that will appear to you to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, um, you think you're little me, you have no power, you are experiencing a life of little me, I have no power. Not because it's true, but because you believe it is. And when you open your heart and you open your mind uh, and you re-self-identify from I am are labels to I am all that is, has been and ever can be having a brief experience then that your band of frequency explodes both in its breadth and scale and in its frequency, and you start interacting with the field of possibility and probability at that level. And this is why when people go through this awakening process, they start to find that amazing synchronicities start to happen in their life that didn't happen before. Coincidences and... Um, Bits of luck and things just happening when you need them or meeting people in strange circumstances. My God, fancy seeing you here. And, and, and people look back and they think, well, this wasn't happening before. No, because you were interacting with a narrow band of frequency um, with the field of possibility. And that's what you were experiencing. Now, suddenly you started to awaken. You're interacting with the field in a completely different way, more expanded way. And now things that you can manifest in that feedback loop, fine detail, bits of luck, things happening just when you need them, meeting exactly the people you need to meet to expand your awakening. These suddenly start happening. And they're not, you know, they're not miracles. <laughs> they're just that you are now interacting with the field in a completely different level. And so when you when you go through this process and you do what you know to be right and you do what you know to be right, no, no never mind consequences. You do what you know to be right. You do not know to be right. That very uh, nature of what you're doing is expanding your consciousness and expanding your interaction with the field. And so... 
the consequences that you might have feared don't manifest because your interaction with the field is drawing to you what you need to achieve what you know to be right to happen. Um, so, you know, if you, if, if you fear consequences, you will pick them out of the field of possibility and probability and you experience them. And then you say, see, I knew that would happen if I did that. And I say, well, what would have happened if you did it without believing that would happen? What would, what would have been the experience then? Because it wouldn't have been the same thing. So we are creating our own reality all the time by our perception becoming, in our, becoming our experience. We, that, it's why we need a revolution of perception. And this is why the cult works 24-7, uh, uh, controlling the information that we receive and the education, the, the, the excuse for an education system that we are told uh, it is, when it's an indoctrination machine, a, pro, a, a perception programming machine, they are working all the time to hold our perceptual state in a low vibrational, low awareness, low self-identity state, because they know that if they can control our perception, they can control our experience. And uh, we can, we can, we can uh, take that control back whenever we choose. And when we do, People are going to be shocked at how their life will change and how all the consequences they thought would happen don't actually happen. Lay down a challenge to the listeners, David. Well, you know, the last thing I ever want to do and I ever will do is say you must do this. I can pass on information and say, you know, this is the way I do it and this is what, how I think, uh, it, it, you know, things can be turned around. But I would never say to people, you must, you must absolutely do this because I say. Um, they, they, what they must do is um, look at the situation we're in um, and, and, and come to their own conclusion. Uh, and, and it's pretty certain now, I would say, that if people go on doing and responding the way they have, then nothing's going to change. It's just going to get uh, uh, deeper and deeper into dystopia. It's like that great line, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So if, if people want this thing to continue, then they must continue to do what they've always done. Uh, but clearly, um, I would say, um, we're at a point where it's worth pondering on the fact that maybe we need to do something different to get a different outcome. And if acquiescing to power uh, is the way we got into this mess, then not acquiescing to power has got to be the way we get out of it. But people will have to make those choices. I've made mine. And, um, you know, I'll look this dragon in the eye and I ain't going to blink. Well, from my point of attention, the perception of the frequency you've been resonating during this conversation, David, and indeed for the past 30 years through the information you've been putting out, is that of truth. And to me, truth is love and there's no higher frequency. And I think it's a great place to leave 
this conversation with that message. I have the power. You have the power. We have the power. David Ike, thank you so much for joining me again on Alchemy. I'm looking forward to speaking again very, very soon. And hopefully it'll be an extremely positive conversation. Yeah, I'll get I'll get a copy of the book to you um, as soon as there's a copy's available, mate. Because um, it's 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 exposing how the world's controlled in a very here and now, in your face way. Because it's so it's so up to date this book, but the whole the whole thrust of it is what we've been talking about in the last few minutes, and that's where the answer lies. Um, we've just forgotten. Well, I can't wait to read that. And for those that might like to explore your work further, how can they check it out and how can they get online and connect? Well, it's two, two ways. One is davidike.com, where the news is put into context um, every day. Um, and context is, of course, what is missing. You watch the mainstream media, they'll tell you something, something of what is happening, but they won't tell you why it's happening. Um, context is what's missing. So davidike.com is about putting the news into context. Not only is this happening, this is why it's happening. And we've, we've also got a, um, a media platform now uh, called Iconic um, which is uh, well over 700 um, series, videos, uh, documentaries, uh, uh, which are added to um, every week. Um, uh, and um, it's, uh, it's something, you know, I think is, um, is a, a, a real, uh, a really something that is necessary. It's like a one-stop shop. It, it covers the whole of um, the spectrum of, um, of subjects in a cutting edge way. And it was kind of funny, you know, after my uh, one of my interviews was um, was pulled by YouTube and Facebook um, and then pulled by Vimeo. Um, we've been building our own uh, video player, which we have now for Iconic, but we're about two weeks away from finishing that. And um, Vimeo that were hosting all those 700 odd videos, they just deleted them all in, a, in, a, in an instant. They just told us, you know, we've deleted your 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 your. Um, your site mm. and uh, so you know jamie my son and other members of the team they um they, they spent uh, three days uh, literally 24 7 um in many cases um putting the videos back and they're all there now um and uh, if people want a seven-day trial on um iconic they just go and they can can have seven days looking around it and looking at the videos and see what they think but of course, davidite.com, just go there anytime. David, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time, your knowledge, your expertise, and your resonance. Thanks, John. It'd be great to talk to you again. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Alchemy. Remember, we rely on donations to keep things afloat. So if you could spare even the price of a cup of coffee or a sandwich or whatever it might be, you'll find the donation links on our website. No problem if you can't, but if you can, it's greatly appreciated. So until the next time, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy. Care. Will. Intelligence. Imagination. Alchemy. Are you chunked? Are you chunked? Are you chunked?